Therefore, whoever hears the sayings of mine does them, I will liken to a wise man who builds his house on a rock. Matthew 7:24. Welcome, beloved, to another edition of God's Word with God's chosen servant, Reverend Amos Darko. Reverend Amos Darko is anointed to inspire you with an anointed teaching and preaching of God's Word without to add practical examples. Get ready as he ministers the Word of God for today. so let's share a word of prayer heavenly father it is time to declare your word your word is already anointed and so i ask that you anoint these lips of clay grant me all trans and make me a blessing in jesus name amen this morning i want to share with you a message i have entitled making profit with what you have making profit with what you have if you haven't read my bishop's book i would want to recommend it to you our prophet and presiding bishop bishop charles ajinasari has written a very powerful book which i would want to recommend to each and every one of you as a must read and the title of the book is money in your pocket money in your pocket all right so what do we mean when we say somebody is making profit with what they have a lot of us have got this mindset that unless somebody comes to help us or unless we go for a loan or unless we receive gifts from probably family and friends there is nothing we are going to do and there is nothing that is going to work in our lives but this morning I want to challenge you that you can make profit with what you have you can make profit with what you have when this corona pandemic happened a lot of us have been laid off from work some of us are struggling financially and what have you and for most of us if it hadn't been for the intervention of certain people in our lives life would have been very difficult but today i want to take you through certain points which will help you work and make profit with what you have. Let's read a scripture from 2 Kings chapter 4, verse number 1 to 7. I am reading from the Message Bible, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse number 1 to 7. The Bible says, One day the wife of a man from the guild of prophets called out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. You well know what good man he was devoted to God and now the man to whom he was in debt is on his way to collect by taking my two sons as slaves Elisha said I wonder how I can be of help tell me what do you have in your house nothing she said well I have a little oil here is what you, you should do Elisha said, Go up and down the street and borrow jars and bowls from all your neighbors. And not just a few, all you can get. Then come home 
and lock the door behind you, you and your sons. Pour oil into each container. When it is full, set it aside. She did what he said. She locked the door behind her and her sons as they brought the containers to her. She filled them. When all the jars and the bowls were full, she said to one of her sons, Another jar, please. He said, That's all. There are no more jars. Then the oil stopped. Now, the passage of scripture we just read speaks of a prophet who lived with his wife and his two sons. But the Bible says that this prophet was owing somebody and he wasn't able to pay. And then he lost his life along the way or he died. And so the Bible says that the creditor of this man of God was coming for his money and probably I'm sure when he heard that the man was dead he decided that he's going to enslave the man's two children so he could redeem his money and so this woman runs to the prophet Elisha and tells Elisha exactly what is happening in her family and the prophet asks the question which is very important what do you have in your house what do you have in your house but we see from the scripture that the woman answer was very very funny she said nothing then I'm sure later she realized she has got a little oil so she said nothing well I have a little oil then the prophet said go down to the street and all your neighbors and borrow jars and bowls when you come back home lock the door lock the door you and your sons lock the door pour the oil into the containers you went out to borrow and so the bible said the woman did exactly what the prophet asked her to do she came back home locked the door with herself and her two sons and they started pouring the oil into the bowls and the jars they, they borrowed until the bible said when the jars got finished or where there were no more jars, the oil stopped. Now, there are so many things we can learn from this passage of scripture. Child of God, you must put it at the back of your mind that if you really want to move forward in life, it's only going to happen with what you have. There is nothing coming from outside that is going to change anything in your life. And so let me quickly share with you some wisdom nuggets we can get from this passage above. So anyone wanting to make profit with what they have must be abreast with the following. Number one, you must know that being a spiritual person doesn't necessarily mean you are going to live a debt free and a prosperous life. Spirituality is not a cure for poverty. So you can be very prayerful, you can be fasting, you can be reading the Bible, the Word of God, you can be doing all sorts of things which are very spiritual and yet you can end up living in poverty. From the passage of scripture we saw that the man of God was a good man who was devoted to God and yet he was living in there. So prayer is good but it doesn't mean it is going to bring you out of poverty. 
you see the bible tells us that we should remember the lord your our god or remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you the power to make wealth and so let's know that god doesn't give wealth god doesn't give wealth but rather he gives power to make wealth it is god who gives us the power to make wealth in deuteronomy chapter 8 verse number 18 the bible says that thou shalt remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you the power to make wealth and the hebrew word for power used in that particular scripture is the word quark quark in the hebrew term means power another meaning for the word power is quality quality so, so when we say God is giving you the power to make wealth, it means God is giving you the quality. There are certain qualities that lead to prosperity. And one of those qualities is humility. I'm telling you, child of God, humility is a quality that leads to prosperity. The Bible says that God resists the proud and he lifts up the humble. So, anytime you see somebody who is very humble or somebody who possesses the quality of humility the person is likely to do well and this quality is given by god it is god who causes us both to do and to will and so let's know that when the bible says god is giving us the power to make wealth god is not bringing us sacks of dollars or god is not bringing us pots of gold rather god is giving us the quality that will cause us to become wealthy another thing or another word for the word power is the word ability 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 is the power to do ability has to do with action so another thing god will give us is the ability so sometimes god gives you certain certain knowledge and certain wisdom to do certain things and so that ability to be able to do certain things is what is going to lead to your prosperity another word for power used in that scripture is also influence 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 is also another force that leads to prosperity another thing is might or strength might or strength something god gives people strength to it to be able to do certain things that can easily lead them to prosperity sometimes god gives supply supply sometimes god can supply people with certain things that can lead them to riches another thing that god also gives which we must all take note of is talent talent you see sometimes god will not see just as i said earlier on god will not give you money but he will give you talent to bring you money so god gives people talent god gives people skills sometimes your ability to do certain things well determines your prosperity so skill is also another thing god gives people gifts it's also another word for power as used in the scripture. So sometimes that's what the Bible says, a man's gift shall open great doors for him and he shall bring him before great people. You see, 
what you get in them in the in the presence of great people is riches it is, is blessings and so your gift is also one of the things that can lead you to prosperity another thing that sometimes God gives people in order to lead them to prosperity as jurisdiction a terrain a jurisdiction sometimes God can put you within certain locality certain jurisdiction and he just by you being in that particular jurisdiction God ensures that he prospers you is somebody with me and so it is very important to understand that God doesn't give money. God doesn't give packs of, of, of Dallas or Ghana cities. But rather, He gives us the power. He gives us the quality. He gives us the ability, the influence, the might, the supply, the talent, the skills, the gift, the jurisdiction, the rules and the authorization to become rich. When we read our Bible, we, we can see from the Bible that all the Bible heroes that did exploits, none of them was given wealth by God as in banks of money. But rather God gave them these things I just mentioned. Now when you read Genesis chapter 26, we see from the life of Isaac that the Bible says that God gave Isaac power to, to prosper. And the power that God gave Isaac was in the form of might. And so Genesis chapter 26, the Bible tells us that Isaac sold in that land. Isaac sold. So, you see, it, it, it takes strength to sow. And so, the power that God gave Isaac to prosper or to make wealth is what I call strength. God gave him the ability to sow. And the Bible said, when he sold, Bible said he became rich and he continued to become very rich and the Bible said until he became very great and, and so it, it tells us that God would give us what the power to make wealth and not wealth with Abraham for instance in Genesis chapter 20 we, we see that Abraham went to Gerald with his wife Sarah where he lied that his wife was his sister and so king, the king of Gerald who, who was Abimelech decided to probably take Sarah in as his wife and the Bible says that that night as Abimelech was getting ready to move or to do the moves God appeared to him in a dream and said to him that you are a dead man if you touch this woman because the, the woman in whom you have in your harem as the wife of a prophet go and return back the woman to her husband and so Abimelech said to God you know I did this out of the ignorance of, of my mind or out of a clear conscience I didn't have any bad intention in what I, do, I did because in fact the man told me she, the lady is her sister so the man told me the lady was his sister and so God said to Abimelech that the reason why I'm not even killing you or the reason why I haven't killed you is because you have not touched her so quickly take the 
the lady to her husband. And so the Bible tells us that Abimelech took Sarah back to Abraham and asked Abraham, Why have you done this to me? And Abraham said to Abimelech, I thought that the people in this community do not have the fear of God in them. But when you live among people who do not have the fear of God, everything can happen. That is why where you even live, the location where you live with your family is very important. When Lot lived in Sodom with his daughters, you, you saw what happened. We saw that because Lot was living in a location or was living among people who did not have the fear of God in them, we saw that at the end of the day, the daughters of Lot picked up the, the habit of the people in which they were dwelling. And they ended up sleeping with their, their father. The two daughters of Lot slept with their father. So it is very important where we live. Abraham said, I thought the people in this community had no fear for God. And so I had to lie to cover up. And indeed, she is my sister. As the Bible says that Abimelech gave Abraham cattle and all sorts of livestock and gave him pots of gold and silver. So when Abraham was living Gerald, the Bible said Abraham was rich in cattle and he was rich in silver and gold. So you see, God gave Abraham influence. Influence. God heightened and hyped Abraham, told him he's a prophet. He's not just an ordinary person. And so anything you do against that man would end up bringing a curse upon your land. And so God gave Abraham influence and that was the power that made Abraham rich. With Jacob, God gave him two things. God gave him insight and authorization. Jacob, whilst he escaped from his brother to his uncle's house, Laban, the Bible tells us that he was shepherding the sheep of his uncle. And during the course of doing that, his uncle had plans to cheat him. And so he ended up cheating Jacob severally by turning around his wages and what have you. But the Bible says that Abraham had uh, sorry, Jacob had an insight. God gave Jacob an insight to know what to do. And so his uncle told him that we see well um, you are working for me and I just don't want you to work for me just like that. So when you take care of the sheep the sheep that have got stripes or different colors that that will be your wages and those that have got one color if it's white white if it's brown brown if it's black black those will be my 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 prophet and i'm sure that from the look of things the sheep that had stripes on them were just a few but those that had one color were so many and so laban was very sharp was very fast he wanted to deceive Abraham and Jacob in that way but the Bible tells us that when Laban did that God gave Jacob an insight and he showed him what to do so Jacob took a, a, a cut a stick 
just cut off, peeled off some of the parts from the the the, 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 the branch that he has he, he has cut. And he, so when the sheep come to drink water after grazing, he would put into the water in which the sheep would drink. And so now, with just that insight, the sheep, if you could see sheep with the same color, giving birth to stripes. And so at the end of the day, the, the sheep with stripes had, were numerous and very, very many than the sheep with one color. This is insight only God can give. This is insight. Another thing God gave Jacob was authorization. God authorized Jacob. He put a seal on him. We saw that when Jacob left his father's uncle and was on his way, Laban decided to kill Jacob. And in the Bible said that night when when Laban had a sleep in pursuing Jacob, the Bible says that God appeared to him and said to him that if you don't know and you touch my man Jacob, if you touch Jacob, you would, you would regret. So God warned him and put an authorization on Jacob, authorizing him that Jacob is his man. And so you see, it is very important for us to know that God doesn't give people wealth, but rather he gives them power. He gives them insight, authorization in order for them to prosper. Time will not permit me to talk about Solomon and how God endowed him with wisdom. Solomon became very rich because God gave him wisdom and it was this wisdom that led him to riches. And so it is very important for us to know that being a spiritual person doesn't necessarily mean you are going to live a debt free and a prosperous life. It is very important to know that God would will or would want believers to be prosperous. In 3 John 1 verse number 2, the Bible says that, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospereth. And so it is the plan and the will of God for us to prosper. And so we, we, let's, let's keep this, that spirituality is not a cure for poverty this man of God was very spiritual and yet he ended up dying a pauper so it is very important number two the second wisdom nugget we can get from that the, the scripture above is that loans do not lead one out of poverty if you have had this mentality that if you are going to prosper it is going to be as a result of loan then i want to let you know today that it is a wrong notion it is a wrong idea it is a wrong perspective never have that opinion that loans can bring you out of poverty i always see loan as a booster and not a starter i wouldn't advise any of you to go out there to start business with a loan never never start anything with a loan because when you do that loan would deepen your level of poverty in fact i have i've, I've heard and probably I, I know of people
people who have lost their lives, people who have lost their businesses, people who have lost their jobs and what have you as a result of the loans they took. So please don't make the mistake of going for a loan to start a business course. It won't work. Especially during this COVID pandemic. So always have this at the back of your mind that loans does not lead one out of poverty. This man of God in the scripture went for a loan. Well, the Bible didn't tell us what he used the money for. But it didn't work. It just didn't work. And he ended up bringing another problem to his family. So it is very important for us to know that loans wouldn't bring you out of poverty. And so I wouldn't advise any of you to go for loans. I always believe that minus minus 5,000 or zero is always greater than negative 5,000. So if I don't have anything in my pocket and you have 500 billion but it's a loan you took from a company, I, I am far, far richer than you. And so it is very important for us not to depend on loans especially during this um, COVID pandemic season. Number three, know that whenever an individual or a financial institution gives you a loan, they would take it by every means possible. You see, someone would have thought that once the man of God was dead, his creditor should have at least had mercy on the poor family and forget about the loan. But it was rather the opposite. So know that when an individual or even a financial institution gives you a loan, they would take it by every means possible. Whichever means possible, they are going to take that loan. And so be careful not to have this at the back of your mind that your creditors will have mercy on you. Look at this man in the passage of scripture. The Bible says that when the man of God died, the creditor was on his way coming for the two sons of this man of God. How did the woman know? I'm sure that the man has been there to redeem his loan over and over again. And so I'm sure that he might have given the woman a notice that as for this coming Saturday, I am coming to take them the loan. So on that very day in which the woman went to the prophet, I'm sure she knew the, the, the creditor was on his or her way coming to redeem the money. And so it is very important for us to know that no matter which amount an individual or a, a financial institution gives you, they will take it. Always have this at the back of your mind. Only God can tell how many people have lost their lives, their houses, their companies, their cars, and other personal belongings due to a loan. I know of a financial institution in, in my country, Ghana. They gave out a loan to somebody and the man was very rich. But the man who went for the loan was very rich. He has built a three-story building. He, I don't know what he went he wanted to use the loan for but he ended up losing the money he took from the bank 
And so the long and the short of it was that the bank seized the property of this man and tried to sell it. They, they sold it to three people. The first person who bought it wasn't able to live in the house because he said when he moved in there, he started seeing images and hearing strange voices. The second person also complained of the same thing. But with the third person, his children were not able to sleep in the night. There were all sorts of strange things happening in the house. And so at the end of the day, the company decided or the bank decided to use that building as one of their branches. And so child of God, I, I, I don't want you to lose what you have been able to make or to, to, to build out of your sweat due to a loan. And so never be loan minded. Always, always have a clear conscience and know that whenever an individual gives you a loan or even a financial institution gives you a loan, they will take it by every means possible. Number four. This woman or this widow knew who to run to. She knew who to run to. That's the fourth point. She knew who to run to. You see, the turnaround of this woman came about when she ran to the prophet Elisha. Men of God are the powerhouse of God. And so, whenever you see anybody run to a man of God, it simply means the person is running to God. This is because God works hand in hand with his prophet. And so, to run to a man of God is to run to God. It is very shocking to see in our 21st century how the children of darkness are becoming wiser and wiser than the children of the light. In this 21st century, unbelievers run to shrines to consult mojos when things are not going well in their lives. And yet, we see Christians who doesn't even want to see the face of men of God. And they tag men of God with all sort of things and all sort of give, give, helps the world to lambast and insult and criticize these people. And we think we are doing God um, a, a, a help or we are doing the work of God by criticizing the men he has given us. Oh, there is no two ways about that. That they are false prophets. And know that false prophets didn't come today. It has. They've been in the system since Abraham's days. And so to just look at one act of a false prophet and condemn every man of God is, 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 is very dangerous. Because if we help destroy the men God has sent to us, at the end of the day, we are going to live in poverty. Yes. For Jesus says that the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So the words, you see, you see, one of the things I want you to take note of it. Oh, I want you to take note of that. The words of a man of God can be equated to the words of God. Yes. The words of a man of God can be equated to the words of God. And whether you like it or not, God will always use his men in dealing with us. It is very important. The earlier we come to accept this, the better. 
in Amos chapter 3 verse number 7 the Bible says that surely the sovereign Lord does, does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants the prophets Amos chapter 3 verse number 7 surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to his prophets or to his servants the prophets Notice the Bible didn't say that God does nothing without revealing his plans to teachers or without revealing his plans to, to accountants or re- without revealing his plans to, to, to doctors. The Bible didn't say God does nothing without revealing his plans to even church members. It is good to be a church member. But know that if God will relate to every believer exactly how he will relate to his servants, the prophets, then it is of no use for him to call people into ministry. No matter how prayerful a church member is, you must know that you and your pastor are not colleagues when it comes to the things of God. Although we all have the same standing or position in Christ, we have different responsibilities and therefore it, it, it makes it gives us different privileges in a nation both the president and the citizens are all citizens of the nation but because the president has a different responsibility from that of the citizen it gives him different privileges so it is very important no wonder it took the words of the prophet Elijah to save the widow's family from slavery and to turn their life around. And so never downplay and trash the words of a man of God. It is very important. For if a military man is as effective as his weapon and a driver is as effective as his hands, then know that a man of God is also as effective as his words. And so it is very important to know who to run to, who to go to in terms of difficulty. This woman ran to the prophet Elijah. He didn't go there to ask for money from the prophet. That is very important. And so please, let's all grow up and get to the point where we will know who to run to when certain things are not working. A lot of you, anytime things begin to turn upside down, you run to your uncles. Some of you run to your aunties. Some of you run to your fathers. Some of you run to your, your, your boyfriends and your girlfriends. But this woman was running to God to seek counsel and to seek help from the Lord. So it is very important. Number five. Okay, number five. your life on promises others have given you another thing that is also making people not being able to make profit with what they have is they live on the promises of others the truth is that most people are not frank know that anytime you meet people they would always tell you what you want to hear and not necessarily what is the truth the Bible says for God is not a man that he will lie 
So it means that anytime you see a man, you are seeing or you are looking at a liar. And so, just as I always say, one of the common characteristics of men is lies. A man can tell you to come tomorrow and you go and he'll tell you, did I ask you to come tomorrow? I, I don't remember telling you to come tomorrow. And so don't live your life depending on promises. <laughs> the Bible says that cares be any man who puts his trust in mortal man or in mere flesh. It is very important for us not to put our trust in men. And so don't leave him on, on the promises of other people. It is very dangerous to live on the promises of other people. I am sure someone might have promised the man of God a trip to Egypt where he could make a lot of money. Or maybe somebody might have even promised this man of God that he would buy him donkeys to use for transport. Because during their days, donkeys and uh, oxen and what have you were used for working and for transport. And so I'm sure somebody might have promised this man of God which might have led him to go for this loan. And so it is very important. Don't live your life based on promises. Number six. Don't think people will be ready to help you in your critical condition. Never think people will be ready to help you in critical condition. Now, I've, I've lived with this mindset until something happened to me. Is it going up? I used to operate a microfinance company. I had my own small microfinance company because I never wanted to work with anybody. So I had workers, they go out, they, they talk to the customers, take money from the customers and report it to the office. And so I was operating this microfinance until I lost my uncle. And so I had to organize the funeral. Yes, I was the organizer for the funeral yeah and so um i started with this organization i go here pay for this do this arrange for the funeral and i trusted my workers so much so that i even asked them to to keep the money so i would only go to the office after a week then go check their books try to balance their accounts and what have you not knowing when these mobile bankers go out they take loan from the customers but they don't report it to the office and this they did for a long time because i i i wasn't i wasn't that consistent in, in, in the office i come and i go sometimes i come just check certain things and i go back and so they go to the customers, take their money, and they don't bring their money to their office. And all these things were going on without my knowledge. And so when I came back after the funeral, I thought everything was okay. Then one day somebody walked into my office to come and withdraw. When he brought his passbook, he had 1,200 in, which is Ghana cities, 1,200 Ghana cities in his passbook. But on my system or on my computer in the office, the, the money I have on my system is 200 cents. And so it prompted me that something was happening. When I did a very 
critical audit of the books and going to reconcile the past books of my customers with the records we have in the office I realized that about 33,000 Ghana cities which is old currency 330 million has been squandered by these mobile bankers of mine so actually it, 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 it was a very difficult and a very tough moment for me I had to sell most of my possessions and what have you my, my senior brother also came to my aid gave me plots of land to sell my cousin also came to my aid gave me a huge amount of money uh, so many people came to my aid to help me come out of this but you see when the issue happened I had this mentality I thought because those, those days my senior brother was he's still a rare estate developer and he, he was even driving three cars then so I I said to myself oh even when this thing gets critical my senior brother can even sell one of his cars to come and pay off the debt for me and what have you but the funny thing is that during the, the season or the period in which I was in my critical condition he was also not in the position to help people sometimes may genuinely want to help you but they may not be in the position to help you so it is very important he, he, I think that what he did to help me was to give me two plots of land to sell to pay off the debt which I was even expecting more than that because I knew he was blessed and so don't that people will be ready to help you in your critical condition some of you if you are sick right now who will come to your aid some of you if something strange should happen to you right now and they are demanding for a cash deposit of say say 2,000 Ghana cities where are you going to get it and so it is very important to, for us to live our lives not, not depending on other people that in critical conditions they will be there to help us it is very important it is very important number seven number seven please I think you are getting all the points okay so let's do a quick recap what what is the first point being a spiritual person does doesn't necessarily mean you are going to live a debt free and a prosperous life good number two loans does not lead one out of poverty good number three know that whenever an individual or a financial institution gives you a loan they will take it by every means possible number three sorry number four know who to run to and that is god know who to run to it is very important then number five don't live your life on the promises others have given you. Don't live your life on the promises others have given you. Number six. Don't think that people will be ready to help you in your critical condition. Yes. Don't think people will be ready to help you in critical conditions. Okay. So let me add the seventh one and then I would, I would close. But in the second service, I will do 
I'll be doing the part two of this very same message, making profit with what you have. So the seventh point I want you to understand is that God will always work with what is in your hands. God will always work with what is in your hands. You see, the woman, I'm sure, maybe expected the prophet Elijah to enter his room and bring out some pot of gold for to be given to her to sell. But no. That was not what happened. The prophet rather asked the woman, what do you have in your house? So it is what you have in your house or in your hands. Because the things in your house are those in your hands. It is the things in your hands that God is going to use to turn around your, your story. So don't think of starting a business with a capital outside what you have. Because Jesus feeding, Jesus' feeding of the 5,000 people were done by what was available to them. It was what they had in their hands at that particular time that brought about the multiplication. So it is very important. And you realize that David's killing of Goliath was also done by what he had in his hand. You see, at, at a point, Saul wanted to give David some. Um, put, he wanted to give him armor, give him a sword, and whatever. You, when David tried it, he realized that no, I, I can't, I can't work, I can't prosper with with what somebody is giving me because I am only familiar with what I have. And so at a point, David told Saul that, no, I, I, I respect you, thank you so much, King, but I can't put on these things because I'm not used to this. What I'm used to is my, my sling and the stones. That is what I've been using to attack the bear and what have you. And so that is what I'm familiar with. That is what is in my hand. And that is what I can use. And we, 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 we see from the scripture that David killed Goliath with what was in his hand. So it is very important. Another person we can also talk about is Peter. You see, in Acts chapter 3 verse number 6, the healing of the, the lame man at the gate of Beautiful was also done with what was in Peter's hand. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. You see, so it is only what you have that you can give. If you don't have anything, know that uh, it's, uh, you can't have it. You see, somebody once said that if you are taking something from a, from a height and your hands cannot touch it, know that it is not for you. So you, God will always work with what you have in your hands. It is very important for us to have this mentality. Peter had an anointing of gold in his hands, but he didn't have silver, he didn't have gold. And so he worked with what he had. My question to you is, what do you have in your hands? What is there in your hands? Is he in Exodus chapter 4, the verse number 2 to 4? There is a very powerful scripture I want us to read. Let us flip our Bibles to Exodus chapter 4, the verse number 2 to 4. And he speaks of Moses. Now the Bible says that, And the Lord said unto him, that is Moses, What is thine in your hand? And he said, A rod. And he said unto him, Cast it to the ground. 
and he cast it to the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from before it and the Lord said to Moses put forth your hand or put forth thy hand and take it by the tail and he put forth his hand and caught it and it became a rod in his hand wow very powerful you see from the, the, the scripture we just read God was asking Moses what do you have in your hands and Moses reply said was, was oh it's just a rod but what Moses didn't know was that the rod was just an ordinary rod it was a miraculous rod it was a rod which had the ability to turn into a serpent and so God told him just cast the, the, the rod to the ground so Moses did and the Bible says that immediately he, he threw the rod to the ground it turned into a serpent and Moses fled Moses was fleeing because all along he didn't know he was holding a serpent all along he didn't know that what he had in his hand was a serpent like rod some of you will be very surprised with what the little you have in your hands can can actually turn into you'll be very shocked what God can 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 use the little in your hands to turn into but you see you must always work with God you see God said to Moses put your hand on on the snake and catch it by the tail and experts will tell you that the worst thing you can do is to catch a serpent by the tail because when you try catching a serpent or a snake by the tail it will coil itself around you and bite you but it's very so shocking and surprising for God to tell Moses to catch it by the tail what does that mean it means take the risk yes take the risk some of you some of you have not taken any risk at all some of you are praying that honey will drop from heaven into your mouth but God would want you to be a risk taker yes Moses had two options either to catch the snake and to be bitten or to leave the snake but he, he, he decided to go for what God has said by catching the snake by the tail and the Bible said when Moses held the tail of the serpent it turned into a rock and what does that mean it means that when when God works with a little in your house you must always know that it is it is out of the little that you had that 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 great thing you are seeing or that miracle you're seeing it is very important so if Moses is catching the snake by the tail who is catching the snake by the head and that is God and so some of us must rise up and take the risk and in the second service I'm going to show you a lot of jobs you can do with less than 100 Ghana cities there are so many jobs you can do with less than 100 Ghana cities and prosper don't sit down and, and look to heaven and pray that God will send you money it is not going to happen that way and so God would want you to take the risk and allow the difficult part for him to do. Is somebody with me?
And so, by by this same rod in Moses' hand, it was able to turn into a serpent. And let's also not forget that it was this very same rod that paved a way in the Red Sea. So the rod was a way paver. It was a way maker. So with a little, you see, with what is in your hand, you can make ways. You can, you can. Oh, I'm telling you, you can make ways, and you can, you can do exploits with what is in your hands. I pray that God would take you from your level of poverty into greatness in the name of Jesus. My heart desire for you this morning is that whatever God has ordained that it comes to pass in your life will come to pass. I wish that God will cause you to rise up in your family, at your workplace, in every area that you, you may find yourself in. I pray that God will cause you to rise up to the highest level in the name of Jesus. May you never die a pauper. May you never go begging. May that never be part of your life. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray with thanksgiving. Father, thank you for the preaching of your word. Thank you that you have used these words to bless and change the life of your people. I pray for those who have intended to start something. I ask the Lord as they decide to take risk. May you come in and intervene on their behalf. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. God bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this message. For further information on Reverend Amos Darko's tips and books, please send us a mail at rev.amosdarko at gmail.com or call plus 233-503-861-399. Thank you for your time and God bless you.